Barbara Home, I made you watch Fifty Shades Darker, the 2017 <laughs> smut movie based on the E.L. James fanfic based on Twilight. Uh, what is one thing you liked about it? One thing I liked about Fifty Shades Darker was compared to the first movie, they used a lot more consent language. <laughs> they did. That's absolutely, It was absolutely an improvement. Which wasn't this is what, hard. <laughs> when you start set a bar really low, <laughs> even with a leg spreader bar, you can hop over it. <laughs> Caitlin, what's, your, what's one thing you liked? There wasn't too much plot or good dialogue. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> that was nice. It was refreshing. You know what I mean? Compliment. Very light. Uh, but I'll let you pass. Weird. Anthony, what's one nice one thing you liked about the movie? I, I liked when it said directed by James Foley. Because uh, I thought for a second it might actually be a good movie. Uh, <laughs> what did James Foley <laughs> He directed <laughs> Glenn Ross, which I did not expect he at all. Seeing this, so when I was in the theater, I was like, "This is going to be a piece of shit." And then it said directed by J- James Foley. I was like, "Oh my god, is someone going to say like pit the cockring down, <laughs> cockrings of a closer?" <laughs> and I got really excited. Man, but, this would have been way different with a uh, written by Mamet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mammoth porn is very talky. Probably not better, on, <laughs> not better on consent. Uh, and my favorite thing about this movie, uh, 12 foot long fireplace. Good morning, Meetsuits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a good podcast about cutting-edge, big-screen porno. Um, we always have been. Oh, that's our motto. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Falcone. I'm on Twitter, at Alex underscore Falcone. And I have a great panel today, all Portland-based. Uh, first up, he's at Anthony Lopez PT2. That's Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Hey, Alex. Uh, give me one second. I gotta put these in inside me real fast. Uh, give me a second. Hold on. I, gotta, I, just, I just have to get them wet. Hold on, Alex. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna fit them in my mouth. Give me a second. Mouth first, for sure. Okay. Alright, they're in me. I'm good to go! Let's find uh, out what these beads are for. I don't know yet. Hopefully I'll figure it out over the course of this podcast. I mean, really, like, it's just to teach you that you can carry more stuff than you thought, right? Is that the point? Yeah, just, Vagina know, is the pocket of human. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a yeah. It's like a on the front of a kangaroo. They you could put Benoit balls in a kangaroo. That's weird. Uh, also joining us today, uh, making her debut on the show at Barbara underscore home. Uh, it's Barbara home. Uh, yeah, say a favorite quote if you have it. My favorite quote was when Christian was like, "Ada." I could never live with myself if something would happen to you. But, like, something is happening to her. She's in a horrible, abusive relationship. <laughs> Apparently, he's living with himself just fine, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also making her debut, and I, this is kind of fun. It's our third Caitlin in, in six weeks. Um, yeah. And if you have one, here's how you remember, you, keep them, you tell them apart, is they're all awesome, and you should just enjoy it. Just run with it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this one. Take over. This one's at Uncle Kate C A T on Twitter, and also A-I-T. from the room of what? C A I T. Yes, yes. C A I T. Right. <laughs> uh, also, Room of Requirement two thirty seven podcast about Harry Potter. Please welcome Caitlin Weirhauser. I think you all will never not be correcting someone in some way. 
<laughs> always correcting. Always be correcting. Right. Always be correcting. That's what it says on the whiteboard. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite quote, Caitlin? Uh, yeah, I do. From the lady in the theater that when <laughs> the proposal happened, it was marry me, and she said, "Why?" Uh, a lady in the theater. <laughs> A lady in the theater said, learn to say no! (laughs) That was the best quote of the whole movie. Uh, Yeah, it was also really awkward because she had the wedding ring inside her. It was very awkward. (laughs) It was just looped onto the... Oh, don't put it... You're not putting that in my butt. (laughs) Also, it was... Was right up there. That was three. That one was, I think, supposed to be funny. Uh, not all of them were. So this episode number three hundred and seventy-eight of the podcast. Wow. We've now done as many episodes as the number of tons of cocaine seized in Colombia last year. Total. Cool. Fun fact. Yeah. That was a record. Uh, so I guess, I guess we're winning that war. I like to think you guys also secretly have just as many podcasts going now into the country too that no one's talking about you know oh yeah so yeah you're only only 378 podcasts have been seized but it's 10 times that many that are just being produced in in the woods somewhere and no one's listening to smuggled in on subs and up people (laughs) (laughs) Uh, speaking of things that some people get a kick out of this week we're talking about 50 shades darker it's the film adaptation of the book we read the book a couple years ago it really Oof. should be called 51 Shades of Grey, and I'm very <laughs> upset about that. My favorite naming convention in sequels is when they just increase the number by one, and this had that right there, and they chose not to do it. Alex, can I ask uh, you a question? Yes, anytime. What, what would be your 51st Shade of Grey, then? What was the add-on? <laughs> is, uh, it, is it the stalker with a gun? I bet it's the stalker with a gun. <laughs> That's the 51st the, Shade. I mean, I think, so the Fifty Shades are supposed to refer to, like, he is Fifty Shades of complicated, is what he says, uh, which is, like, because he's not good at talking. Um, I mean, this is, like, a rich, powerful guy, supposed to be super sexy, who says laters, baby. Like, he's just just awful at talking. Um, But uh, let's say Fifty First Shade of Grey would be uh, not actually qualified to fly a helicopter. (laughs) That would be mine. That came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. (laughs) I was like, oh, did anyone else see the street? Go ahead, Anthony. Oh, did anyone else see the original movie? Alex, you've had the books and seen it. Because I have it. Yeah. I have it. That's when I saw it together. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So (laughs) I really didn't know anything about this guy. So when, like, that scene happened in particular, I was like, and he flies now? (laughs) Did they set that up properly in the first film? Like, he's got. Uh, so a couple of things one is uh he has business he's in seattle but he has business in portland and so he flies his helicopter back and forth which is admittedly probably the most fun way to travel between seattle and portland i get that uh i don't Uh, know have you ridden the bolt bus it's pretty nice (laughs) they got power outlets yeah that's true pay a dollar it's nice and you never crash into trees from the sky um, yeah, he has a good point. He has a really good point about Volpa. Shout out Volpa. I think the reason why he flies helicopter in in the series is because of the one moment where he straps her in with the five point harness, and he's like, "Hmm, I'll see your vagina." Right. 
I mean, yeah, there's that. But I think it's just like mm, tying people up so that they safely don't fall out of this helicopter. Yeah. Other thing that uh, listeners to the show will remember, and you guys will not, is that uh, the helicopter is named Charlie Tango. And Charlie Tango in the book is talked about enough that we decided it was our favorite character. Uh, and because it, it had never abused anybody. Um, <laughs> and also because as a birthday gift, she bought him a, a balloon that looked just like his helicopter. So there was like a baby Charlie Tango. Anyway, it was this whole thing. And so the saddest part of the book was that Charlie Tango died and he was the only person we liked. So that happened again oh, here. I don't know why he flies a helicopter. The plot lines that we miss out on. No, it is. It's it's sad. It's weird because he never works despite having a really large company to run. And so he has right. a, apparently a time to get all this practice flight time in too, which is weird. I think my mm. favorite, oh, I, there's so many to pick from. Can I say one more? After yeah. the helicopter crashes, he, everyone's worried. Mm-hmm. And then he just shows up at the house as if he jogged from the <laughs> helicopter crash. <laughs> not cleaned up? Not gone to the doctor? So did walking terrible. it off. And like a mile in was like, I'm already a mile in. I might as well walk home. <laughs> I did that the other day in the rain without being in a helicopter crash, and it sucked. And he shows up with this line, I'm not tired. You're tired. (laughs) It's elementary. And then I like to think he P90X the entire way from the helicopter to the Just because he looked ripped? or I I, I know we're getting ahead of the the movie, uh, just immediately talking about the ending, but I just love... The idea of like a writer waking up in the like sweats in the middle of the night, being like, "Oh my god, I forgot a third act," and like just <laughs> shoving one in in the last ten pages of the script, like just be like, "Oh, I have no conflict. Uh, he's in a helicopter now, and it crashes, and all of his family and friends are there. It's such a crazy- it is it's so strange." So. I'm going to do, just so that catch everybody up, because uh, part of the thing of this show, when, when we're, I think when we're doing our best work, is when we are, we're watching something so you don't have to. And uh, yeah. even though this money made a lot of, this, this movie made a lot of money, I would prefer you all not see it if you haven't already at home. Wait, so wait, wait, wait. Yeah? Really? Yeah. I think that's kind of irresponsible, dude. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to fill them in so they could still talk about it cool at a party, you know? No, I think this is like it's worked really, really well as like an outreach program. Like all they need to do is slap like a hotline on at the end. Like if your boyfriend ever does any of these things, <laughs> call this number and here's like some resources to get you out Man. of this relationship. I think we just I, need to like repackage as, as a lifetime movie. You know what I mean? Like as a outreach, yeah. like don't let this happen to you. But on the other call hand, the there's all that like uh nudity and sex kind of makes it seem like it's supposed to be a good thing Mm -hmm. yeah but let me just summarize it though i guess my point is let me summarize the film for those of you who haven't seen it or read the book which is hopefully most of you um well i'll do i'll do a really short and then i'll do a slightly longer one so the short one is um sex fight sex child abuse sex fight sex helicopter crash will you marry me yes Um, slightly longer summary, and this is just, I, I'm just going to read this off moviespoiler.com because it is amusingly incompetent summary of this, this movie. Uh, Christian Grey wants to win back Anastasia Steele, despite knowing that he hurt her last time. He negotiates with her, 
So already skipping a step. But anyway, he negotiates with her to be less controlling in their sexual relationship. Anna takes him back and develops genuine romantic feelings for him. The couple is threatened by Leela Williams, a former submissive of Christian's who remains obsessed with him. Christian has her sent back to the psych ward after Leela enters Anna's home with a gun. There is also Jack Hyde, Anna's boss, who tries to <laughs> seduce her but gets fired from his job as a result. Finally, there is Alina Lincoln, the woman who took Christian's virginity and introduced him to BDSM. Uh... We're kind of skipping over the fact that she was an adult and he was a child at the time. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh-huh. That guy's name was Jack Hyde? Jack Hyde. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the two-faced yeah. boss, was name was Jack Hyde? Yes, he was. I think it was oh. the first time using uh, metaphor. Oh, God, that's so <laughs> fucking rich. I can't believe I didn't notice that. That is so funny. I mean, it's easy for you to get distracted by the fact that he was somehow this very wealthy publisher of an independent book company. I mean, he could pay for his and his assistant's coffee. So obviously he's doing (laughs) pretty good. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Uh, After Christian goes missing when his helicopter crashes on his return from a business trip, Anna worries with his family until he shows up safe. Say jogs up. Up Anna, re- Anna realizes she has strong feelings for Christian and accepts his marriage proposal. When they announce their engagement, Elena accuses Anna of being a gold digger. The couple yeah. puts Christian, the couple <laughs> plus Christian's mom, Grace, all turn Elena away. It also appears that Jack is out for revenge. That's. Did you just take a whip it? Yeah, what? Who's. <laughs> I'm really sick. Oh, okay. You, there's a little mute button under your hand raise button. Because oh, it does sound like you just... I honestly, it sounded like it was going in. I honestly thought you just took a whip it as like a comic effect. Uh, totally understandable. Uh, so anyway, that's the summary from moviespoiler.com. I think it's missing a few things. but um, So now now open table. We've got all the explainer out of the way. Um like I said, so this this is uh, this is our talking point segment. So like your big takeaways from the film, I think we should probably start with the abuse angle because that's yeah. that is a an important one. And hopefully, if we can talk about that, we can make uh, dumb jokes later about how like Christian Christian Gray some for some reason uses a BlackBerry. But let's focus first on the important stuff, <laughs> and we'll get to that other dumb stuff later. So. Uh, Barbara, I guess, like, let me start with you. So what's like your main takeaway from this right now? The main thing, the fireball inside you. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's similar to the feeling that I had after the first one, which is that I really hate that, the, that they're like, oh, he's kinky because he was assaulted and because he was abused. And so that's why he's kinky and he needs to be cured of this mental disorder, which is yeah. like... Yeah, I don't know. I because I know a lot of people that are into that stuff, and uh, like they don't seem to like have any like like they're not into it because of like like really sad like traumatic past. They're just into it. Yeah, it's so offensive to me that the most this is like the biggest movie about kink uh, of all time, and it is not great towards the kink community. Like to be that to miss that hard. Had some accolades. East of Eden had some accolades. I mean, yeah, that My does not stop. Rosie O'Donnell played oh, the worst, <laughs> the worst thing of all time. The yeah, yeah, it's super, but it's super offensive to the kink community that he. So here's the thing: yeah, he's not just kinky because he was abused. He specifically his kink is that he likes to actually hurt people who look like his mom. Yeah, yeah. that is his. 
stated kink because that was his mom actually was my there. favorite quote i think now because uh the entire time that i was watching the movie i was watching it with a friend of mine and the like we were both like oh my god they both need to go to therapy and then like when he said that yeah. it was like wow that's very self-aware for a guy that's never been to therapy and doesn't talk about his emotions but he like yeah. knows exactly why like <laughs> what is that's a good point. He's he's never ex- he like has very thoroughly examined this thing of his. No, it's been like, examined for him because he's exclusively attracted to submissive, like emotionally providing. Bangs. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> women who are like, here is your whole deal. Could you go ahead and look, check that out, or unpack that in some way? No. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just continue this cycle of abuse then all right i I like to think it's just that maid from the end of the movie just kind of walks around dusting his shit being like you know you ever notice they all look like your mom anyway i'm gonna go dust this (laughs) and it just walks away gives him a nice smile Uh, really good that we got to know that that housekeeper in the movie she really seemed to be important all that's all the scenes with her were worthwhile (laughs) theme of don't pick people up it's rude. Totally yeah. lost. Oh, you mean like like throw him over the shoulder picking yeah. up? How yeah, barbaric. What? How heavy-handed can we be about the barbaric element that she's trying to push about the problems of... I See, here's the thing. I think the author, I think this entire storyline is to beg this point. That kink is bad and toxic, and here's my very limited understanding of it. Here's what I think it all is. Literal barbarianism. Of throwing people over your shoulder and then hitting them a bunch. I think that's most. I mean, of yeah, it. it's it's I literally like thing. it's literally like kink from somebody who's only experienced it through like '90s live journal pages. <laughs> like oh, just, just yeah, like was normal. always too scared to dive in herself, but it was like I found this right. safe portal that I could view it through. Uh, oh man. And every time, like, she's carried over his shoulder, it's like we're reminded, oh, right, she's tiny, and she reads books. She's so, oh, she needs to be saved and protected by a strong man. Like, it's like, oh, we get it. Yeah. It's- I mean, I've, I just I want to give you a, sm- a small counterpoint, which is that I do like playing airplane. And that's sort of like being <laughs> carried. Like, if you want to put me up on your feet. And I can't because exactly. I'm too big. Wait. If we First of all, you're the airplane, and second yeah, of all, yeah. <laughs> safe, sane, consensual, above all else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, ideally, this would have to be a big person because I am not light. But I, I, could, I have, hey, I haven't hey, been able hey, to do it in a while. I could do it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you, you seem like, I, like, I mean, I'm big, and I am also dense, and so Very it's not a great idea. But um, I would be willing to try. Thank God for you. Uh, next time we're hanging out. Next earthquake hurricane. Uh, Y'all should come because I'm an airplane, Alex. Um, (laughs) But it brings up the very important topic. I will pivot on that to Uh say there's three pillars of like the kink community that in all safe and happy and healthy kink communities remain this. It's safe, sane, consensual. And none of those prerequisites are met for this movie. It's, (laughs) It's like picturesque I hadn't seen the first movie and I haven't read the books but in my limited stop rubbing that in we just, get it my, I, a better I, life. I really didn't know anything about what I was really getting into but I know like roughly the history of this 
And I don't know about you guys, but when I was watching this movie, the only thing I could think, besides how uncomfortable and like bothered I was by a lot of the subject matter, was yeah. why did she take the vampires out? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Twilight fan fiction. But it's like, I get it. Like, there's ways to make it not Twilight fan fiction and keep the vampires in, right? Like, the whole time yeah. I was watching this, like, this would be better and less weird if they were vampires, right? Absolutely. It would and make I, more sense. I will tell you. If you if you hadn't heard our episode about the first book, uh, I did not realize she had taken the vampires out. <laughs> so the whole time I was reading the first book, I was like, they're really sitting on this. They yeah. are keeping the vampire reveal really late in this book. And so then it never happened. And I was like, oh, they're going to keep that until book number two. And still, we don't know. So what I'm saying, I've not read the third one. It's very possible he is a vampire, Anthony, is what I'm saying. How has he done all this by 27? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He he never works. He's got a Blackberry and somehow is running this incredible company. Yeah, old-fashioned beliefs. I mean, I guess what you'd say is that E.L. James has even less a concept of how business works than how kink works. Because during when uh, when Anna takes over as the acting publisher of the, for some reason, very large and successful Seattle independent publishing company, yeah, that, she's at the one. morning meeting, and the and the old guy at the meeting says, basically, "What should our core business strategy be? Does anyone have any ideas?" Like that's the meeting is like, should we target more of the same readers, or should we try to like branch out, like? That is your core business. You can't just have that casually with a stranger at a morning meeting. How uh, she, she's no concept of business. I mean, the kink is is closer. At least she got yeah, the colors she right. She at least knows where the beads go. You know what I mean? She doesn't know. Yeah. Doesn't know where the. No, she. Those were not for. She put those balls in the wrong hole. Anyway, wait, really? <laughs> you, I thought Benoit balls were for that. I think they're for butts way oh. more. Uh, I it could be that's both. What I've been using them for. <laughs> Can, well, I, anything could be for your butt if you wanted it to be. That is way to yes that and. That is literally that what I live by, code. Alex. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's my code of life. Yes and. I mean the the thing about the kink that's I just to go back to this for a second is that the whole concept of the series is Anna doesn't like it. Like that's right. which it's doesn't so make any goddamn sense. Anytime you'd write the story, if you wanted people to enjoy reading it, it would be like Anna has never heard of this and is intrigued. But in no, in Anna books, said no, going, no, she thank you. No. I don't like this. Please not. Can we do literally anything else? And it's like it doesn't make any goddamn sense. <sighs> so you you might know by now, but I live twi- tweeted this entire movie. You did, and... yeah. We retweeted a little bit of it on uh, read thank you. underscore. Week. And I appreciate that traction. But the one tweet that got the most uh, the most attention was the one that kind of broke down like, wait, this isn't about like submissive stuff. This is about, here it is. He doesn't need a submissive in his life. He needs therapy and a proper dom to teach him safe, sane, and consensual. Like, well, <laughs> this is yeah. an examination of like an unhealthy relationship, period. Well, not, so not just, okay, so not only is he like a sadist with women who look like his mother. The yeah. the dom who taught him all of this stuff so was an up. adult when he was a child. Yeah. So, like, bonus, 
like in between these sex scenes, which I think we're supposed to find hot, in between them, it's like, oh, let's think about child abuse for 10 minutes. Yeah. It's such a weird, like, it's such a weird energy of a movie to have this dirty of sex scenes. Not dirty, but like, you get to see nipples, which you don't always, no, I totally it doesn't come as fast. It's a ton of the right nipple, and it's a ton. I think this movie just continually asks the question, like, but w- would it kind of be hot, though, if, like, <laughs> but, kinda, wouldn't it be, but, like, couldn't it, but, like, wouldn't it kind of be, but, like, come on, but, like, kind of wouldn't it be hot, though, if, like, so, the chick you're with kind of hated it, and you had a lot of problems <laughs> that you never no. went ahead and got figured out or unpacked or got help for in any way, but wouldn't that kind of be hot? Wouldn't that... So let's say okay. So so let's let's consider that addressed. Let's put aside the question of the fundamental abuse problem of all of this. And yeah. and I just wanted to say that I think a lot of the sex. Let's talk about the sex besides that. Um, obviously, I'm I am like, uh, I am the vanillist. I think in general, uh, not just here, but in the world. Um, so my main concerns were like, man, they just had sex at that party and didn't even wash their hands before they went back out. <laughs> The fact that or he like, literally never takes his pants all the way off to have sex just pulls him down <laughs> enough. Did anyone else yeah, notice that every if time? If they're putting enough yeah. red flags, that's a that red flag. That is so weird. Like, I get that he has the roadmap on his chest, but what's going on with those thighs, bro? <laughs> Let him breathe. Also, if you try to shuffle to either side, that is such a trip and fall yeah. hazard. And even then, okay, so like all of this sex, like starts out kinky, like he's tying her up or something, and then he like unties her, and they just do missionary. You notice that too? Like every right. and while she still yeah, has these very time. large wrist things, yeah. like it just feels like yeah. maybe that's not great for her. Like he ties her up just to untie her and have missionary sex with her. That was yeah. weird. It, yeah, it's weird. Like, Boy Scout King, very specific. Yeah, Boy Scout. It's like, do you, and like, you ever watch like Blue Velvet and be like, I shouldn't find this sexy, <laughs> yeah. but I really yeah. do. Like that kind of eroticism, <laughs> or like David Cronenberg's no. Crash when you're like, you know what, Co Crash is oh, kind oh of God. hot. You know, like, like that's like a good erotic movie. This whole movie is just like you say that. It just felt nothing the entire time. We compared know. it to the sex scene from The Room. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> It's oh, very yeah. the room. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Ugh. And also the room one was the one where they like filmed it on day one without and it was like creepy. Yeah. It was like, hey new actress, don't worry, this is a real movie. Sex scene starts now. The same soundtrack, so yeah. <laughs> good for consistency. Uh, my other concerns with the sex were that he took the Benoit balls out of her body and then dropped them on the bedspread, which is the least washable part of the bed. See, no, and I'm prone to agree with you about the germy part. It's not germs, it's just general, like, smell and grossness, uh, and, like, his whole apartment smells like balls, because they almost always fuck on something that's not the bed. So there's just smells. like, Benoit balls in general, I consider myself a pretty open person, but I don't want to see Benoit balls unless they're fresh out of the package, you know what I mean? Like, the fact that he comes over with open Benoit balls, and she's just like... (laughs) That's not weird. And then he's like, she's like, well, that's weird, but don't pit it in my butt. And he's like, no, no, I don't want to pit these strange Benoit balls in your butt. I want to pit them in your mouth and then your vagina. That's not weird. <laughs> you want it like, you want it like a, in a syringe sterile package. Yes. You want to like see him crack the I seal want, on it. I want it. to see him crack it open, have a medical waste container there, <laughs> put that inside of it, and then be like, oh, these need to get wet first. Let me get some nice, safe lube and pit them like, Rather than like, hey, these 
I just found an old sock drawer while I was getting ready. <laughs> and decided, you know what would be a best way for you to hang out with my mom tonight? If I put these oh. in your post. I want, oh man, so many things to complain about, but that, that mom thing is the other thing that bugs me, is I, I, I don't like sex things where there are other unwitting participants. Mm. And so if your thing is, I'm going to put this thing inside you that's going to make you super turned on the whole time you're hanging out with my mom, that feels unfair to your mom who didn't consent to being part of this game. And when he finger bangs from the air in the, or in the elevator, there's like four adults out to a dinner, and if any one of them happens to turn around, now they're part of your sex without wanting yeah. to be. I feel that like that is real bad. It's gross. It's That's a really a good point. Gross. I didn't think about that. I kind of like the elevator scene. <laughs> but what, get in here, Barbara. What else uh, um, did you like or not like about the way the sex was portrayed in, in the movie besides the main huge problem that is very important that we covered very well already uh the elevator scene i kind of just like liked i kind of it kind of got me going a little bit and but the, my favorite one was when they're like fully clothed and fucking in the shower <laughs> <laughs> i i like a good clothed make out in the shower but it's weird that they were like fully clothed making out in the shower and then she's like Amish? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the fact- I don't understand why they were in the shower, though, at that moment of the day. that was It's not like you came home from... Here's what I like. You're showering, and then she comes home from work and is so... Like, just kind of, like walks into the shower still clothed and is like, I didn't have time to get naked. I just want to be with you or something like that. Or vice... Aww, like, either way. Get That's it together. Fun. What are you, but, 17? But, like, Come on. but instead, he came in, <laughs> had to watch this helicopter crash off him. And they decided to go make out in the shower. And immediately she was like, take me to the bed. She's like, wait a minute, I forgot. We were fully clothed. This is a horrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) They're just sloshing through the apartment in their clothes. (laughs) Yeah, have you ever once tried to take off wet jeans? Have you? Have you? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh... So, actually, the other thing about that, uh, the elevator, my favorite part of the elevator is that he, like, starts touching her in the elevator so stiddling her and immediately leans over and whispers don't come which i feel like in most of the time she'd be like yeah don't worry about it like <laughs> yeah did we fun, ever like, even see her come she well here's a here's the you guys remember this from the first movie she is a virgin when she meets him and the yeah. first time they have intercourse she comes 15 times just looking at him she is just the most instantly orgasmic person in in film history just bam every time and uh so uh he is he's got to the point where he can just say like looking at her like don't come for me right now because i know that the wind came through and it's kind of a stiff breeze and that's enough to (laughs) knock you over knowing that that makes mr hyde's comments later in the movies incredibly ironic then you know which one oh when he oh yeah when he tries to assault her you need a man who can make you come she should have been like, you really don't have a bearing on this situation, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> you really yeah, miss- you don't have a good handle on this. You miss- Literally you know anybody could make me yeah. come. The the sheets, if they're too heavy, that'll be enough. <laughs> I just really want, I just wanted at one point for him to be like, I like anytime someone's like, don't come for me. Because like, the odds are probably no. I mean, it's. You're probably safe on that command. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. You're probably I mean, like. Probably, I, the, I the, did like the uh, the way he went about that, like pretending to tie his shoe. 
I thought that was a pretty clever... The old shooting gambit. Yeah, good <laughs> subterfuge right there. <laughs> Would not have... It's it Just put yourself in the place of the other people in that goddamn elevator. Yeah. And yeah. when you just look over... And what do you do? What do you say? You just let this continue? No. You interrupt it and you're like, hey... No. <laughs> wait, 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 you wait, wait, would interrupt what? it. I would just feel comfortable. There's no way anybody else would interrupt it, Kaylin. That is that is a very <laughs> that's weird just, decision. That's gross. You're just gonna be a victim to this. Yes, I'm just gonna cower in the corner, feel like a victim. Fortunately, elevator rides last very short, and then I'm going to run. Oh, I'm yelling. I'm yelling at them. I'm yelling at them to shame them to death. Are you kidding me? I'm alone on this? I want everyone in the world to have a little bit more of you in them, but I don't think many people would interrupt the elevator fingers. See, what I would do is I would tie down to tie my shoe, move my leg up, my significant other, and then just see what the third couple does. (laughs) You just want to peer pressure them. Just be like, hey... He was doing it. I thought I'd give it a shot. Here, here's what I like is you're going to take it and make it so the other couple that's not finger banging feels weird. Yeah. Like they feel like they're like, oh, shot. I guess we're the weird ones here. <laughs> we're just trying to move down to a lower floor. You guys Wrong are obviously move, Wrong move. <laughs> All right, Barbara, I think you and I will just leave. I feel like this is just. <laughs> we'll leave no the plans. elevator or the proverbial elevator. Uh, mm-hmm. in, if we were, if if there were people in the elevator doing that, you and I apparently were the only two on the show who would not try to make things worse. Oh no, yeah, I would leave. What do you mean yeah, worse? Just, no, I feel like I it's might. I might press the emergency plan. stop button, pry the doors open, and dive out into the the empty <laughs> shaft and kill myself. I'm more likely to do that than talk to these people. His his hand is inside her. I'm not going to have a conversation with them. Oh my god, we have such different realities. <laughs> we have such different lives. I don't think you're wrong. Like I agree with you. I just I could not do it. Oh, I have never sent back food. There's no way I'm going to send back a couple that's banging. Oh, well, I'm. I've okay. Here, don't ever equate those two things. I will never send back food. <laughs> Really? Unless it's like literally like, oh, this isn't even close. You guys like, <laughs> I didn't even, nope. Yeah, I haven't even I, ordered I, yet. If, Why do I have like food? The, the actual example <laughs> was you, back you ordered a sandwich and got a finger banging couple in an elevator. Right? <laughs> That's then, when I'm sending back food. Yeah. You get it. Did, did you Did you guys order the don't come yet? Is that uh, what you guys were looking for? Yep. Man, uh... Let's see. Is there anything else? Like other major talking? Let's talk about the some of the not sex things. Like, because um, the, the, like, the stalker with a gun. Yes, that. But first, Barbara. Barbara, what were you going to say? Oh, I just said all five minutes of the not sex thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the stalker with the gun then. Well, so there's the one stalker, and then later there's like Mister Hyde uh, in the bushes. I think he also had a gun, but I can't remember. Maybe he's just peering at. No, no, he just put a cigarette burn through the picture of her. Well, he's also yeah. no, not the picture of her. The picture of him, because he was the guy at him. the party who took the cell phone picture, because he had been stalking her as well. Oh yeah, and he stalked her in the way of like getting invited to a very rich party. Yeah, he got invited to a masquerade ball. Yeah. yeah. No, it I just asks um, a question, like, or proves a point. Like, see, one time. People didn't call the cops, and it all was mostly okay. 
People should have called the cops. What's my point? People should have oh, called. Okay. Okay. I got I got confused inside that point. Um. So the stalk the first stalker is so it's a former it's an ex girlfriend of Christian or a former sub because he doesn't actually like people. Um. So a former contracted sex employee or something. Um. Who looks like his mom. Uh. And also like the girl from the ring. And <laughs> she is like just standing there sad in the background a lot with a gun and then shows up in the apartment and uh it's like what do you have that i don't have and uh she might have been like i mean like i'm not carrying a gun he's not into that so (laughs) no gun is really one of my things right now i'm the most boring person you've ever met that's what i have was this when he was is this when he pet her into yeah, that was so weird. And then he kicks Anna out of the room. It's like, what are you gonna? What are you gonna do here? Also important. That's her house. Like, yeah, yeah. you take your weird former sex slave and go. You can't kick me out of my apartment. Well, it's it's this movie's thing. Like, this movie literally has no actual plot. Right? There's like they no, set no, up no. A, B, and C things. That right? you have the stalker girl, the work, the uh, Mrs. Robinson character. And then none of those things ever interact with each other. And then they're all resolved <laughs> one, two, and three in the exact order they're set up. And there is no real resolution to any of them. Like, they set up the stalker right. girl, ex-girlfriend. And, like, she's in her house while they sleep. They're watching her. And then they forget about her for half an hour. And then she shows <laughs> back up again with a gun. And then the character comes in and resolves it. While Anna leaves the room. It's the most insane nonsensical writing I have ever seen in my entire life. In the movie, all three major plot lines are resolved in that exact same way. They set it up, and then it's unresolved through the main any actions of the main characters. And then... I mean, there's... No, like, the... 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 Resolve, ro- the, the resolution of her, oh. of that character, is not nearly as much of a, like, out of nowhere as the helicopter, which yes. just doesn't matter. Yeah, that's the... He crashes a helicopter, is fine, and then they never talk about it again. And there's no reason we had to wait for him to come home. No. It's... it And, uh, like, the, the... The the one about it, the Mrs. Robinson, which is what uh, Anna playfully calls the person who sexually abused her fiancé <laughs> when he was a child. Um, that's what The Graduate yeah. was about, right? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. you really understood that movie. Um and also the like two and three. Uh the postgraduate and the postdoc. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um yeah. I really like sequel names where they anyway. Uh so yeah, So that one is sort of like, oh, this woman is bad and he takes her to her hair salon and then Why would he do that? He's not smart. They're both so stupid. Well, I, yeah. I love well, the way he I thought he, he never said this. Like, he could have been like he could have said he he couldn't even come up with a lie. He couldn't have been like, well, the reason is because she is a good barber. <laughs> like that's all it would have taken. Like, oh, I you're right. I could have. It's the only, you know how many salons do I know? I don't go to a salon. She's a very good hairstylist. That's all it would take. Yeah, instead he's just yeah no, but like... it's gaslighting and control and manipulation. That's yeah. not part of it. To, yeah. to uh, exposition is his enemy. 
Yes. Well, so that reminds me actually. The other thing that I I felt really strongly about this this that bugs me the most is that so there's all that the bad stuff in the bedroom, but then he's also like part of his kink is to just be a controlling dickhead out of the bedroom. Yeah. 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 And I. Yeah, yeah. He orders for her at restaurants, which is so upsetting to me because ordering a rest, like getting the food you want at a restaurant, is the best part of a restaurant. Like <laughs> when you're at home, you like sometimes have to eat whatever you had there. But when you're in a restaurant, you're like, I can choose what I want to eat. And then this dickhead you're with is like, you will have steak. Yeah, it's just. I mean, the fact that the movie like uses him knowing her personal bank account information as like a meet cute kind of like the scene ends with her going how do you know my bank account number then it just cuts <laughs> like <laughs> like oh don't worry about it he's rich uh, it's just like yeah. what the fuck is happening that's so weird yeah so he uh okay so in the last movie he like stole her car and paid her for it and then because he wanted her to be in a safer car, or because he need, he he told her she had to be in a safer car, and then and so in this movie he just automatically deposits the money into her checking account, and it's not just like because I like my guess is that banks are pretty lax with giving out information or like allowing you to make a deposit, because not a lot of people are doing the scam where they just give somebody some money and then disappear. It's really the taking money out that it needs to be more secure. But the creepy thing yeah. with with this is that he just calls his secretary and is like, put this in Anna's bank account and she already knows what that means. Yeah. That's crazy. In the in the book, you guys may remember, at least in the first one, or the first movie, he also has like hacked some sort of tracking system on her phone so he knows what bar she's at and like comes and picks her up when she doesn't want. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's really that was the most scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not nearly as much fun as with a bunch of young men. Yeah, yeah, with with, uh, the the photographer. Oh yeah, he was so. I forgot that he was in the first movie. He was so cute, and he totally was into her. Why couldn't she date him? Is he also bad? Are they all are all men bad? Is that uh, the point of the book? He's a little bit bad. I mean, the way not the way Jack Hyde just like you know kind of turns it on and becomes a different person out of nowhere. Um, yeah, Mr. Uh, Jekyll, you know what I mean? Yeah, it really does. He pulls a Jekyll there. Uh, but he... Uh, well, to be I fair, think... he pulls a Mr. Jekyll after uh, Christian is able to see through his bullshit and reveal how much of a monster he is ahead of time. Yeah, what's so terrible about that... Again, there's so many things that are terrible. What's so terrible about that to me is that he comes up and he meets her boss and is immediately like, you are not allowed to talk to him because he wants to have sex with you, which is like... No, no, no. He doesn't um, want to have sex with her. He wants what's his. There's yeah, right, right, yeah. He wants what's understand. mine. One implies that she's a person with feelings and stuff. Uh, right. So that's so bad. And then by making him also like try to force himself on her, what you've done is kind of made Christian right. And that's like double evil to me. Yeah. Well, is like now it's just fine that he did that. It's not like oh that was controlling and terrible. It's like no oh, that's cute because you were right and just give me that guy's well, job. No, it, it goes like the whole everything in the, this movie. It's like this is like this kind of backwards writing type of thing. Like you could see someone like 
showing an early draft of this work to a friend of theirs and being like, this Mr. Hyde guy, he seems like a good boss. He's going to come in and save him. And be like, oh, no, that's not where I was going with this. Oh, shit. We're just going further down the rabbit hole. How do I write myself <laughs> yeah. out of this? Okay, yeah, yeah. What if he just yeah. turns into a psychotic rapist for no good reason? At work. Yeah. Like, what if that's I just think, his thing? I think this was a kind of an example of, like, we don't believe in editing. First draft, send. Make it. Go. It's done. We're good. Um, uh, for sure. Also, so, raise your hand if the, that scene of her boss uh, trying to assault her reminded you of your own abuse. Yeah, that was really oh, scary. Just, yep. Oh, just me and Babs? Cool. <laughs> that was so unnecessary and such a reckless... Really aspect of film and i really yeah. thought that he, i didn't think he was going to be like an evil character like tony was saying yeah yeah and that's and to, to to i mean just to use that as like such a casual plot point and then the like but now what if they had sex in a red colored room it's <laughs> yeah. very yeah very problematic um also, my last, we're going to do a like quick last thoughts uh, before we move on um, to our lightning bonus round is um, this is not an important thought, but I did spend a lot of the movie wondering whatever happened to that green pepper. He did such a bad job of prep cooking. <laughs> Me too. They were like, let's make a, let's make a stir fry. And he starts cutting the pepper wrong and then they just leave the food. <laughs> so wasteful. Just rotting on the counter. Can I tell you guys my favorite moment of this movie? My absolute favorite. I, I laughed out I think, loud twice yeah, I agree. during this movie. Once when I saw who the director was, I gave a good hoodie laugh in that. And the only other thing, the thing I will remember forever, the thing I can't stop thinking about in this movie. Okay, Christian Grey is the guy's name, right? Okay, mm -hmm. what do we know about Christian Grey? He's like this control freak. He's rich. He's rich. He's 27 yeah. years old. Everything in his life he is... He likes being mean to girls. He likes being mean to he's girls. He's a bad person. Is Everything in his life is sterile. It's controlling. His house has like no oat or anything on it. His bedroom house as a kid... But it does have a really beautiful 12-foot long fireplace. Yes, so it has all... This, it's, it's all controlled and everything. Everything's so meticulous in his life. Yeah. Then in like the second to last scene in the movie, when they go into his child room, room for the second time, and she's looking at the picture of his mom, <laughs> they pan up, and behind him, he has this giant <laughs> Chronicles of Riddick poster on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I just... I laughed really hard at that one. I just yeah. could not... The second I saw it, I was like, wait a minute. It just made melted my mind. It's like, what? what is everything I know about this guy? He's controlling the sterile, and he fucking loves the Chronicles of Riddick. Just, <laughs> something about the lore and the way that movie uh, expanded the universe. I think. If you can yeah. find the fandom. He was just like, you know what, Vin <laughs> I also see well in the dark. You're right. Let's put that poster up on my wall. It's it. And I just, I have not been able to stop thinking of like, the, the one movie he likes. Is the Chronicles of Riddick, and he like does the does the time frame like make sense for that to be? He was a child when that came. I mean, that came out fairly recently. A uh, Chronicles of Riddick? I I don't know. I mean, it was in the two thousands, wasn't it? Two thousands has been going for a while, buddy. Yeah, I think that. Oh, that's true. Uh, I was either like a senior in high school or a freshman in college. But okay, so and that's I, like two thousand and four, so thirteen years ago. So he's twenty seven. Okay, but 
Well, but he was 27 also when the first movie came out two years ago. And he was so... so there's a chance he's either 15 or 17. <laughs> I guess. Right, 15 makes sense, I guess. Man. Just this trouble kid getting kicked out of school, but he would just come home every night just think about how much he fucking missed slash the hates and comfort mom. of that Vin Diesel poster, yeah. And just... Yeah, I mean, you can. You, you, the thing about Christian Grey is he. Li- yeah, everyone's got to live by a code, and his code is that all the power in the universe can't change destiny. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tagline. I had oh, to look well. it up. I don't actually know that offhand. Snakes haters, and I made myself so easy to love. Yeah, yeah. How much they hate it. Now it's time for the game of lightning bonus round. We're going into lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Here we go. We're gonna finish A couple of quick questions. We're gonna um, about the movie and I that I uh, bounced off our audience, or that I'm gonna ask you guys. So first up, uh, I I don't like when I have to watch a really sex like sex focused movie in public, uh, and I especially don't like to watch a sex movie that has so many things that make me feel bad i just like it gets a lot of wires crossed to me to be like sex stuff and also h&m and also people who are like being abused H&M as children no h&m because i was at the mall so i just mean like <laughs> i walk out of a porn movie to see h&m and so like and then also there's this child so h&m and snm i don't want to c- cross those <laughs> wires my point is there's just too many i wanted a cold shower for my brain after this is over because there's just too many weird wires crossing so the question of the week that i asked the fans was uh what is a completely non-sexual thought and it turns out that is kind of difficult uh a lot of them turned out to be at least a little bit uh sexual so i'm going to read some answers uh from from the listeners but first you guys i would like each of you to give me one completely non-sexual thought let's start with uh let's start with you anthony um ice cream is good yeah, it's pretty good. Nice. I'll I take that. I uh, Barbara. Cold. That was the first thing I had. Oh, okay, you're going cold. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and not like, you weren't thinking of it like cold ice cream, like dripping onto a nipple or something? No, I mean, now I am. Oh. Oh, 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 I mean, oh, oh, trust oh. me, that thought thawed out a little bit right onto a nice nipple, but. <laughs> at first. Uh, Barbara, what's a not completely non-sexual thought? Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominees. Oh, uh, isn't, wait, but isn't... Wait, you, you tell me they don't fuck. You think they... <laughs> <laughs> you don't think the initiation to the Supreme Court is just the Supreme bed? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you don't think that under those robes, someone's getting diddled no, in the elevator? I don't. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, Kaylin, what's a non-sexual thought? Uh, this is weird. I actually wrote it down during the movie. Uh, the image of Willy Wonka um, <laughs> saying, you get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. That's a pretty non-sexual thought. Uh, yeah. Let me read a couple that things that were, were said to Funny, now. though, but Gene Wilder saying you get nothing is super sexual. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of that parts of that movie that are more sexual, like Grandpa, this banana tastes fantastic. Why was that so Whoa. quickly off the top of your dome, Alex? Right? <laughs> What's happening there? That should have been my field that was ready for play. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, at, at, 
at the Revloran on Twitter said, I wonder if my cat's surgery wound is infected. Yeah, gross. Oh, not God, sexual at all. But yeah. then, like, um, like seconds after I posted this on Twitter, uh, at read underscore weave, um, at Magic Dart said to us, I always ask friends on first dates if they got fingered behind the bins of the pub because that's how <laughs> British people reproduce. <laughs> Which is like, a really interesting point but um not the question i asked and so i clarified and magic dart said i've made a terrible mistake i misread the original tw- tweet as least sexy thing very different uh well, some other non- non-sexual uh, thoughts sorry i, ahead, I got fingered um behind the bend of the wave pool which is i think the american equivalent uh, wait, 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 wait. Go I back got a second. The at, bins uh, behind the wave pool? I got fingered at the yeah. wave pool behind the bins, you know? <laughs> 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 I have messed around in a wave pool before. Isn't that weird? How do you, buddy? Yeah. How do you? It's also contradictory to the thing you said earlier about being uncomfortable with sex in public places. Well, but when, okay, so now as an adult, I can make that decision. But when you were a teenager, it's like any port in a storm, you know? Even that if that's an artificially like created we- weather pattern in the wave pool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> get it. I've made some mistakes, Barbara. <laughs> I would not do that now. Uh, yeah, I, would. I mean, there's a lot of things that are like normal when you're a kid uh, sexually that is weird as an adult. Like, uh, I use, I've i talked about, to Anthony, we've talked about this, but like... What? Sorry, what, Caitlin? This feels so late in the podcast to get into what might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. All right, fair enough. Also, my parents do listen to the show, so I'm just going to skip that section. Um, <laughs> only sometimes. Uh, I don't want to take the chance. So anyway, some other non-sexual thoughts. Let's cool this off. We need a nice cold shower. Um, okay. Caitlin on Facebook. Not this Caitlin. Not the other two Caitlins. Different. There's so many Caitlins now. Um, other Caitlin said, shit, I spilled the chips onto my cleavage. Well, that's close. See, if you dropped them onto your, like, couch. But something about the cleavage. Uh, Emily says, does nobody else think Steve Harvey's mustache is weird? (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty non-sexual. Blue is my favorite color. That's Rollo. That's pretty good. Um, Yeah, I was literally just thinking that. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Also very close Uh, to Helen's clues, which is also very sexy. (laughs) You see, that's what I'm saying. It's so difficult. (laughs) <laughs> well apparently whatever we're looking for was hidden inside anthony that's that's my that's my clue uh call back benoit balls um, yeah uh helen says these peanuts are too salty see that definitely sounds dirty um this one i think is my favorite sarah says this spreadsheet is unwieldy and takes 30 seconds to open could i do it faster in sql that's good that is super People non-sexual I, I was trying yeah i was trying to make things sexual but that one you got me also props for being able to make that kind of uh, uh, decision uh martin says maybe i should get the extended dental plan and that is like i do find dentists to be slightly sexual debug before you compile another non-sexual that's pretty non-sexual oh here's the other i think this is also like one of them this is the least this is like a good cool you down thought from jeffrey this tofu has the taste and consistency of tofu (laughs) that 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 doesn't do it for anybody 
Uh, and then lastly, Rhiannon says, uh, I'm so close to paying off my car loan. Wait, I take it back. I do get kind of a thrill thinking about getting rid of some debt. It is difficult <laughs> to think non-sexual thoughts, as it turns out, but I appreciate everybody's suggestions. Um, lightning bonus round number two. Uh, there's a game called One Change. So this is a real quick game, but here's the way this works. is We have a theory on the show that no matter how bad something is, it is always only one change away from being great. Sometimes that changes. What if the characters were dinosaurs? Sometimes <laughs> the change is like, uh, what if it was done backwards or in another language? You can rely a wide variety of changes. Um, I'll give you mine. You guys can think of one if you if you could try to like one thing that you could change that would make this good. Um, this is and and they can have some sort of like some uh, butterfly effect changes, I guess. Because my mine would be if Christian was poor. I don't know if it's good, but it's definitely a different movie. Not because she's oh, like he definitely into gets arrested. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's what the ripple effect is. Because like, like a lot of the time, she's like, it's not that she's into the money, but she is sort of charmed by him taking on her, taking her on a yacht or a helicopter ride. Um, What's the last thing you shopped the- for? Oh, an airline. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me yeah, that's airline. not supposed to like fucking blow your mind. The first act of the movie is so filled. With him casually mentioning how wealthy he is, and her just being like, "Damn, you're rich. That's hot." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so she's not into his money, but she is into the things that money buys, which is very reasonable. Um, like the millionaire's ball they go to is kind of fun. Um, like there's a lot of that stuff. So if he is dirt poor, and they they're like they like they start to make a stir fry, and then they have sex, and he's like, "Wait, wait." Let's go saran wrap all those ingredients. I can't afford to buy extra groceries this week. <laughs> Very different movie. It's such a beautiful scene you made, though. <laughs> <laughs> or like all of this. And like he comes back to her and he's like, he has to be like, listen, um, I understand that you're mad at me right now. And I do want to work it out. But also, it's kind of a right. weird time to tell you. I'm not going to be able to give you the money back that I borrowed. Exactly. <laughs> Very and my cell movie. phone bill is due and my parents are being real jerks about it and you know what yeah. I'm just gonna <laughs> right. up a couple extra shifts <laughs> uh, in the it, movie uh, she see. comes home from work and it's just a single shitty flower and a single shitty vase waiting for her <laughs> possibly picked from like a, a public the diner uh, downstairs the, yeah yeah <laughs> just throws it the away. side of the freeway um, Caitlin how about you what's a one change could you make this movie Tiny- better with one change tiny alteration uh go ahead and just like slap that lifetime um ah! logo <laughs> in, in the bottom left corner and then all you need to do is add a helpline at the actually <laughs> at the end and throughout the movie this just it just pops on every couple seconds and it's just like hey has your partner ever demonstrated this behavior call here and there's help this- but then also <laughs> here's the thing at the end there's also uh, it's a phone tree because if you at any point related to the actions or behavior of christian gray please call this number um for on-site therapists for your sexual deviance and uh emotional stunted behavior emotional i mean that's a, so so you're saying that like on the part of the screen where like if you're watching discovery channel it's like coming up next gold fuckers it's that yeah. place but instead of that it's like a phone number to get help yep 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 i like it that's a good change Minor uh change. anthony do you have a do you have one change uh well 
I already mentioned vampires, but I think that's like a taking a change basket. But, okay, what if... Oh, actually, that reminds me, I wanted to say, I forgot to say when you were talking about this, uh, when she was trying to figure out how to change it away from vampires so that it's not copyright infringement, really obvious things she's missing, change them to mummies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was right there the whole time. Or... That's what I learned. What if she was, like, uh, actually secretly a vampire or a succubus or something? You you could do stuff there. Uh, Just... Oh, so you mean, so, like... so, like, he's doing all this stuff to her, and then she's like, just so you know, if you keep doing this, I will kill you well, and drain your like blood. twist ending, I actually just murder horrible people. Isn't this, like, a funny thing I do? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, wait, so she's she's there because she heard he was horrible, and she was getting firsthand experience so that she could then murder him and feel yeah, justified. Yeah, like a horror story. You know, it's like, Hard yeah, uh, yeah, she got hurt. She hurt candied him. Or what if <laughs> was played by Jabba the Hutt? Hear me out, okay? Because <laughs> like, here's the Go thing. On. He's like, he is just such a boring, uninterested. Like, he's like pretty good looking, and he looks really good with a beard, and his beard slowly comes in over the course of the movie, and I was like, you're looking better scene by scene, buddy. Um, <laughs> but, like, what if he was just like a monster from the beginning? Like, if he looked how he felt and acted, you know what I mean? I mean, I like the idea, but like, it sort of reminds me of like Beauty and the Beast, but like, the Beast is never nice no, to her, so just, he just stays a beast forever. Beauty and the Beast, if it was only the first act of Return of the Jedi. That's what I mean. Like, I'm saying, like, <laughs> it's just like that movie, I, whatever that movie is, Beauty and the the Beast who gets choked out. Beauty and the Hut. Yeah, Beauty and the Hut with his weird little tail guy. Or what if. What if we just followed that maid around more? What if the movie was just her life? <laughs> oh, just so, so this into, is a different... Ah, going great. into that room, dusting shit off, being like, yeah. I gotta wash those shirts he just had sex. Thankfully, I don't have to wash all of his pants, just the top of them. Because he doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> This is a different game that we play a lot called uh, uh, No Retreat, No Surrender, where we just pick our favorite minor characters to watch spinoff movies about. But she would definitely be the one for this movie because she has to be the one who's like, oh, there are ball prints on his glass dining room table again. I have to Windex this. What's with that, like, the gymnastic equipment in the middle of his gym that he doesn't have enough room around his gym equipment to use? Did that bother you too? (laughs) The 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 pommel horse. Yeah. That is not enough room in any direction to properly use that thing. That bugged me too. I thought it was like kind of an homage to what's his name playing the toddler on Mad TV, which like Stuart. The oh yeah, Michael. Look what I can do! Look what I can do! (laughs) And he's just like holding weird gymnastic poses. Oh, I didn't see you there, Linda, or whatever her fucking name is. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Michael McDonald is that guy. Yeah. I, I worked with him once. He was very nice. Nobody cares. That's fair. I didn't care either. It was just like, the, that was, I mean, I, it sounds douchey. It's the first thing I thought because it was exciting. No, no, no. But it you're right. No one it cares It does about not that. sound douchey to brag about working with Michael McDonald. I didn't even brag. It was just like, it occurred to me and I was happy for a second. I'm sorry I shared that. Barbara. Yes. Do you have one change? Hey, Barbara, did you ever open for Aerie Spears? What was that like? God damn. No, that's not real. <laughs> Tell me about that time you walked with Bobby Lee. How was that? I <laughs> no, did. As soon as I said it, I, I regretted it. Greg Barrett. 
the author of He's Just Not That Into You, and a thought occurred to me. <laughs> I have um, I have worked with Greg Barrett. I, I really want to quickly refute something Tony said. Uh, Christian Grey's not like that attractive. Like he's like very attractive for like a forty-year-old, which is probably how old the actor is. He's not that hot for a twenty-seven-year-old. Twenty-seven-year-olds right. are pretty hot. Well, but you gotta. Let, you want to unpack that a little bit more? How hot are twenty-seven-year-olds? I'm twenty-nine. I can find twenty-seven-year-olds hot. Oh, I didn't realize you were so young. Um, go you. for it. Does, okay, if Alex, if you found out like a twenty-seven-year-old. <laughs> Who knows how to fly a helicopter? Is he hotter than a 27-year-old who doesn't? Hey, hey, hey. He doesn't know how to fly a helicopter. That was never proven. <laughs> he knows how to crash a helicopter on one try. He really, in fact, doesn't know how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> Barbara, I'm sorry for whatever I just implied. I just forgot that other people are younger than me, is my point. Um, one and, thing that I would change is actually inspired by something you said, Alex. Yeah. Uh, when you're doing your book release show uh, and for Unwrap My Heart, your book, oh, and you. uh, you're welcome. And uh, when you were like, oh, like if any of these like women in, in any of these young adult books like ever talk to any of their friends about their relationship, oh, it would be yeah. a very different story. And I really think like if she had ever talked to any of her friends and been like, so he doesn't let me drink and he like won't let me like talk to my boss they yeah. would be like get out of that relationship yeah you wouldn't find my permission slip for the field trip i wanted to take <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but yeah, i'm really if I, happy if i try We're, to order my own wine he he hits me like that yeah is that good is that normal like, We're i was i was gonna hold off on <laughs> having sex with him but then i decided to have sex with him that first night anyway <laughs> i actually said no so a number of times yeah the the we were broken up for almost a day, but then he convinced me to take him back because he asked. No, no, don't, no. Giant roses, to, am I right? To be fair, <laughs> he spent thousands of dollars on uh, my friend made so no one else could look at me. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> sweet, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know that grand gesture that women love? It's always, it's about keeping people from seeing photos of me. He specifically <laughs> mentioned didn't like other people gawking at me. I think that's pretty sweet. Somehow he made my Instagram private. I don't know how. Is this good? That's <laughs> <sighs> well, good. It's healthy. It's some, fine. I, I do want to... we got to wrap this up. But one minor thing that I forgot to mention, too, is uh, I'm also a little bothered by this movie's lack of uh, Jamie Dornan nudity. I feel like the first movie had more Who of his Jamie butt. Dornan? This is Christian Grey. Oh, <gasps> okay. Can I tell you a really quick thing that happened the first time? Babs, yes. Remember when we went to the movie theater uh, two Valentine's days ago? Yes. <laughs> to watch Fifty Shades One. Uh, um, how could you not? Probably the most important Valentine's Day you've ever had, right? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, yeah. he- head and shoulders above <laughs> anything else I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> but the, to me, the funniest thing that happened during that movie was that at one point he, they show his butt. Like yeah. it's just like it's very gratuitous, heavy-handed, over-the-top butt shot, and there was an older lady in the front that stood up and laughed so <laughs> yeah. loudly. <laughs> it's just like ah, butt. <laughs> it was the funniest thing that happened for that whole movie. And I mean, again, we're, as a show. Is an official policy of Rain Weep is that we think there should be more reciprocal male nudity in movies. And yeah. I think it is weird that we never saw Christian Grey's penis. 
I feel like his peen should have made an appearance at some point in this first two movies. You're so I, I it's it's weird <laughs> that we saw Dakota's right nipple a thousand times so and we didn't even see a right little one. bit of his neck. Right? We know they like to set up shots one way. <laughs> and we did we saw like him going down and her standing up and we couldn't see a mm-hmm. little bit more of his butt. I love that you're Just, begging for this. You know, keep I, fighting the good fight. I think it's important. I feel like it's like society, societally weird. I feel like also this is a movie mostly for women. And I feel like maybe they would also like to oh. see more of Christian. Like they would like I to see Christian Grey's pants off. Gaiman, and believe me, yeah. they wanted to see more butts too. That was most of the heckling that was done from Aro. was <laughs> 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 a very strong call out for more butts and more peen, please. Yeah. I just, I mean, yeah, I feel like there should be more. I mean, this feels like a movie that should have peen in it. Mm-hmm. Also, it's funny that you used to say that he's not hot enough because, uh, like, what, like I think the original casting on the first movie, they went through like fifteen really hot guys, and they were like, uh, everyone keeps saying no because of how much butt they'd have to show. <laughs> after how much personality they have, I think is what you meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> right after they read the script, there's a lot of reasons. <laughs> anyway, all right, so that's that's it for lightning bonus round. If you want to play the question of the week, uh, go to read-weep.com and sign up on the mailing list, or you can go to facebook.com slash weep on Twitter at read underscore weep. And now it is time for their minor compliment, the last nice thing anyone ever has to say about this movie. We're going to go in reverse order of our opening compliments. So I'm going to go first. My minor compliment is, um, oh, so I like when a movie gives me the opportunity to learn and it like raises an interesting question I never thought about before. This movie raised the question, do helicopters have airbags? Because <laughs> he just walks away from a helicopter crash. And so I was like, there must be some great airbags. And I looked it up and the answer is mostly no. That most helicopters do not have uh, airbags. And I read, so there's this great answer on Quora from a uh, U.S. Coast Guard helicopter pilot who said, the reason they don't put airbags on helicopters is because that would prevent the pilot from continuing to fly the aircraft after a hard landing, which is often necessary. So a lot of helicopter crashes, they like hit the ground and then pop back up. So you need your wits about you. And if there's airbags, it would get you. But one thing they do a lot of is they have, like now, is that they have uh, on the harness, they have little tiny airbags in it, and that pops out and keeps the harness from hurting you. And then you can oh, keep flying good. that helicopter. You know that that is helpful. That like urban legend that everyone thinks of like if I jump before an elevator crashes, I'd be good. I've always thought that yeah. about yeah. helicopter crashes. Like I think if we're just going to jump, I can just open that <laughs> door and just seat. off the ejector seat. <laughs> just jump out five feet from the ground. You're good. You're gravy. You know. There, there was a Mythbusters about that elevator jump, and here is yeah. the uh, the this is the thing about Mythbusters is that I always remember that they test something, and I never remember the answer. Oh, it did not work. So I that either's that. helped it or did not. not work. You died. You died too. You you does not work. All right, uh, I just looked it up. Finding busted. You are correct. Yeah, you can't li- get lift off from that level of velocity on a downward force. Yeah, it would be like trying to jump against the force of like. A tra- you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work. Um, yeah, you're totally right. Um, all right, so let's continue then with our minor compliments. Uh, going backwards, Anthony. Um, you know, okay. This is gonna, I, I've got a lot of shitting on this movie. I can tell, I can tell the sound of somebody's voice I, when someone's about to get a real stretch. No, no, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
the the sequel hooks kind of got into me a little bit. Oh, you just oh, want to I find out what Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde are doing in the bushes? He's gonna do next time. <laughs> is is uh, Mrs. Robinson gonna come back? She said she was gonna show her. I want to see what that is. I'm actually like, it's it was like one of the most ham-handed sequel things, which is like the whole movie is 99 over. They're like, yes, we'll get married, and then just no. Oh, that guy's still no. In the I mean, woods. he literally may, might as well have showed up after the credits and been like, "Mr. Gray, I yeah. want to tell you about the payback initiative." Right? Like, they <laughs> might as well have done that. But I was honestly like, I was sitting there like, not really, because the thing is, this movie doesn't resolve any of the plot. So I feel like, like, is the crazy ex-girlfriend, is she going to come back? Because he just says she's in a mental institution, but we don't see her doing that. You know? Like, maybe she's still out there. I just, I didn't get any real resolution. I don't care about their wedding or anything, but I want to know, like, what's Mr. Hyde going to do to them? So, uh, I have not read the third book. This is, I'm like, I am... I guess current to this. That's all I know, and uh, I won't read the third book without a thousand dollars. So if you want to sponsor <laughs> Fifty Shades Free, it is a thousand dollars. Send us an email podcast at readdashweep.com, or just deposit it straight into our checking account because I'm guessing you could do that, and uh, we will figure it out. They know if they care, they know. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I disagree with you, Anthony, but good compliment, Caitlin. What is your minor compliment for Fifty Shades Darker? I know, so I didn't realize like that the out-of-movie things are kind of off-limits, so my initial compliment was that I really, really thought it was a beautiful experience to um, also giggle and laugh and heckle the movie in a theater full of other people that giggled and laughed and heckled the movie, but my true, honest compliment is that I, I love that you brought people who would giggle and heckle, because the theater that I was in, I watched it like Friday afternoon at like 12.30, which is not really sexy movie time, but it was me and six women, but they were not together, so it was like six women spread out very far from each other, and one was wearing a very nice dress, like she got fancy for this, or she it came was... straight from or went straight to something very nice. Church. It's Sunday, yeah. baby. She came from church. <laughs> It was Friday, but yeah, maybe she's going to Friday church as well. Oh, uh, well. I like the idea that someone goes know. church to Fifty Shades Darker. Me too. My real compliment is yeah. that it put into healthy perspective that I never look moody and cool when I like sulk around the Pacific Northwest in the rain. I just <laughs> look um, mopey and super cliche and like knock it off. So like that was really <laughs> helpful. That was helpful. That's an opportunity for personal growth. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I was, and I appreciate those moments, you know? If you, as you get more experience on the show and join us again, you'll get better at taking basically anything like that. Like, you could spin that into the first part into a movie compliment if you were like, what I love about the movie is that it gave this moment that was an opportunity for my friend to be funny. Like, you can, you can pigeonhole it. And what you'd sound like is you sound like the way Anthony sounded when he was about to stretch that other thing into a compliment. Which I liked, and I want to continue down that path when we have time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Barbara, that leaves you. What is your minor compliment? I liked one dress that Anna wore and one sweater that she wore. <laughs> was it Was it the one that looked like uh, a fancy gray Muppet that she skinned? No, it was a, I think it was a navy blue polka dot with cap sleeves and a Peter Pan collar. I, I mean... I, I don't remember that one specifically, but I generally, like, there was some definitely some art things in this movie, to, to stretch this into a bigger comment, because you're totally right. There's there's some 
outfits that were interesting and nice and there was some like definitely some cinematography that was decent some good shots of the pacific northwest which i like some there's some minor art moments so like this and and also like this series has a historically very good soundtrack and except for this one what really what i needed the weekend more than ever in my whole life the well that's true yeah that's true this was not not as good as the first one for sure but the first one had such great music so it's just like but just a reminder that even on the worst project like at least 15 really talented artists worked on it i liked how the soundtrack they they would be playing like a song during the sex and then it would like the music would like pause like and then he would enter Did it do that? That's crazy. It it like they record scratched when he entered. No, there was like kind of. There was like always like a pause of silence, and then he would be inside her, and then orchestral um like uh, Annie Elfman. It was a lot of string instruments. To yeah, kind of great mood. Kind of weird but to be like, well done. Danny. This is what you put a little bit of effort into. Seen a lot of your last several <laughs> films, and you haven't showed up at all. <laughs> <laughs> you show up to this one. He, yeah, Danny came to play for the song On His Knees. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, we're going to have to end it on that gross note. That is it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back again next week. Next week, we are talking about La La Land. Because it's Oscars week, and that movie, bet, way better than this, but I don't think it's good enough for all 52 Oscars it's going to win. So uh, we're going to have some conversations yeah, about that. Uh, so just to- or Crash, or any of those other prestigious Oscar winners. It is a it's a year for levity in the Oscars apparently. Uh, anyway, all that and more is next week. Uh, really quick before we go, uh, I just want to send say first of all uh, thank you on behalf of Chris and Tanya for all of the wonderful well wishes people sent for them for after their uh, departure episode last week. Um, also, didn't hurt my feelings at all that you guys are all so sad about them going and didn't mention that you're happy to keep hanging out with me. Um, next up, that's super self serving, but you know what? I'm the one here. Uh, next up. Uh, the corrections department so uh, I think Anthony you'll appreciate this Uh, so a month ago we did an episode about uh, the new Star Wars Rogue One film and at least one a week we've got an email trying to correct something that we said so first up uh, so this is like a month later and we're still getting emails about it so I got two this week first Carl pointed out that Grand Moff Tarkin in effect outranks Vader in A New Hope and I don't remember why that's important yeah, I, why, I mean, obviously, does did we not say that? I, 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 I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, he's Grand Moff. That does sound higher than Darth, and, but I don't actually know. And we, he, to be fair, this kid hasn't seen the prequel prequel movie yet that reveals that he's actually not in charge of Darth Vader. I don't know what any of this means anymore. It's been a while. I guess I think what we're talking about. Was how I was talking about how we didn't have to have Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One because obviously, like, he's not an important character, so you don't have to have him CG'd there. You could just have an actor play a different character, and then he's like, Oh, you got fired, don't worry, Grand Moff Tarkin is coming in. And now your Grand Moof Barkin is gone, or whatever. Just super easy. Anyway, uh, thanks for that correction, Carl. And then also, 
Adam says uh, that the the Genoesians, which are the bugs who designed, they designed the Death Star. That was in episode two and is technically canon. But there was a problem they discovered in the weapons system when it got close to completion, which is why scientists were brought in. Um, and then, so that's like decent correction because we've been trying to figure out this thing with the bug people and, and the Death Star. But then Adam goes on and wrecks it by saying, I personally think the prequels are great films. Anthony, you'll appreciate <laughs> this too. As a as a well-known prequel apologist, Anthony. Anthony Lopez, who told me very early on in our friendship that he thought the prequels were better than the than 4, 5, and 6. I said this not episode 2. I swear to God. You tell people so, I like the uh, prequels so often that it is actually starting to bug me. <laughs> so Adam goes on it's kind of an age thing uh, but it is also a matter of immortalizing uh, 4 through 6 and and not recognizing the same issues they have so neither of those are compliments so it's not that you think 1, 2, and 3 are great it's just that you think that 4 and 6 are also bad and that you were young when you saw the prequels I was young when I saw the prequels I don't think they're very good um, uh, I, I think I think Anthony you said this there are three good Star Wars films right? Four, five, and seven. Isn't that a thing you said? Uh, uh, oh yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take credit for that. I think I think I get that from you. It's a great troll thing to say to say there are three good good uh, Star Wars movies and not include six. I think that's I, I, I'm fun. not a big fan of Atone, but that's just me. I mean, it's funny. That's a that's an age thing because as a kid, I was like, "Yeah, teddy bears against robots," and now I'm like, I don't know if I like this movie as much as the. I actually one. like the teddy bears. Teddy bears is one of my favorite things about Return of the Jedi. That's a whole other conversation. It is. It is. Well, fortunately, we're keep, the corrections department on this show will almost always feature a Star Wars thing now that we've talked about it. Uh. Also, anyway, so that's the corrections. Send us along your corrections, Facebook, Twitter, email, and we're happy to hear all of them. Uh, and we will keep talking about it and keep clarifying things that I long since forgot that I've said. I appreciate it. All right, uh, so now we're gonna get going. Uh, at Anthony Lopez Part Two on Twitter. Yep. You you've been tweeting yeah. a little more. You're almost yeah, on Twitter I'm, now. I've been I've been picking it back up, getting getting myself together. The uh, politics have been. So if you if you're looking for another. Another yeah, like <laughs> finally someone on Twitter talking about the issues of the day. If you're finally looking for someone on Twitter speaking truth to power, come follow me. <laughs> All also on Twitter, also speaking truth to power at Barbara underscore home. Thank you for so much for having me, Alex. Thank you so much for being here. It's oh, it's always great to talk to you. And uh, we this started because we had a conversation about these, like while well, we were in an, in an Uber, I think, at some point. Or we were yeah, I feel a... so bad for that driver. Yeah, we were talking about Fifty Shades with an Uber driver up there who I just kind of like, man, these people sure are talking about kinky sex a lot in my car, but like not positively. <laughs> Very strange day. Anyway, also, uh, especially Caitlin, for the last minute save today, we had uh, another guest who did not work out. You you went on a hell of a journey, and I can't thank you enough for it. So, and at Uncle Kate on Twitter, and uh, Room of C A I T, uh, and Room of Requirement two thirty seven, the pod, your Harry Potter fan podcast. Yes. Was was the that. name? Was the name uh, podcast of requirement already taken? I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad I we have an answer. <laughs> it's not too late to call it the podcast of requirement. 
It was because of the Shining movie, The Room 237. The one about the Shining conspiracies, but god damn it. God damn it. Always, always trying to go as mainstream as possible, Caitlin. That's what I like about you. All right. Anyway, thank you all for, for talking to me. It's been a pleasure. I will talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.